Doesn't it seem like every single niche is just saturated? I mean, wherever you look on YouTube, whether it's for tech, whether it's travel, whether it's fitness, whether it's vlogging, there just seems to be a handful of people who are just dominating that field. So is there any point in trying to break into that niche? Well, today's episode of Tube Talk, we're going to be diving exactly into that topic, how you can break into an industry and still make it. This is a question you've been wrestling with. Well, then this episode is for you. Welcome to Tube Talk, the show dedicated to helping you become a better video creator so you can get more views, subscribers, and build your audience. Brought to you by vidIQ. Download for free at vidIQ.com. And welcome to another episode of Tube Talk. My name is Liron Segev. I am a tech blogger, a YouTuber, and the director of customer success here at vidIQ, where every day I help creators big and small understand their YouTube strategy, get more views, more subscribers in less time. One of my favorite things in this industry is understanding the creator's journey, understanding how creators got to where they got to, how do they do those brand deals. I love unpacking those background stories. And today we're doing exactly that. Today I'm speaking to Sydney Diongzen, who's undoubtedly one of the up and comers who is rocking the photography and videography world, which as you know, is ridiculously saturated. How is Sydney doing that? How is he getting those brand deals? Well, Let's dive into his story. Sydney, thank you for being here. Oh, thanks for having me, man. I'm really excited to be here. So for those who don't know, who is Sydney? So uh, my name is Sydney DeYoungson. My YouTube channel uh, is all about storytelling. So focusing on filmmaking tips, camera gear reviews, and, uh, and lifestyle vlogs, uh, you know, showing the behind the scenes of my productions. And really, like the whole goal of my channel is to um, help people become better storytellers and then hopefully grow them to become better storytellers than me one day. Just nothing satisfies me more than just like seeing people grow as storytellers and hearing stories of like, oh man, I, you know, I started a business because, you know, of this video or, you know, look at me, I'm directing short films because of, of this video. And like, I, that pumps me up. And so my channel is all about filmmaking and, and people. And clearly inspiring people. You know, it, it's a saturated market. We hear this about, well, I suppose about every single market that I speak to, they seem to be, oh, it's so saturated, it's so saturated. It. But you've got this thing about you and about your channel, which seems to really resonate with people. The first video I ever saw of you was you setting up your studio. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yes, um, my my category that I'm in is it's very is very saturated. Um, but you know what? That's like that's a conversation that's been happening for for a long time now. I mean, it was saturated ten years ago. It's saturated now, and it will be saturated saturated in you know five ten years from now. Um, but the, the thing, especially with that particular video, is that I, I, I'm a big goof. And <laughs> I realized early on, you know, when doing YouTube, that um, to stand out in the saturated space, you have to be you because there's only one of me, there's only one of you, there's only one of everybody. And so for me, you know, I wanted to make content that I enjoyed, um, that also I wanted to have fun with. And that video that you're talking about where I, essentially I was, um, I was in transition of buying a house in Dallas. And so we had to rent out an Airbnb, but I still had to put out some content, you know, that week. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to see if I can make uh, a YouTube studio from scratch. And uh, I was browsing through some songs. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to dance to this. And so, you know, to the normal person, like, no, why would you dance and, you know, do a tutorial? It doesn't make sense at all. But for me, it made perfect sense. And so I just <laughs> blasted the music, put it on loop and just set up the studio, you know, my YouTube studio in this living room of an Airbnb and had the most fun doing it. And, uh, you know, 
funny enough, I got a lot of views, got a lot of brand deals because of that, but also got a lot of um, uh, subscribers that, that just liked watching and had fun watching my stuff. So, I mean, let's delve into that because it just goes to show that, you know, there's so many people that, pe- that we can watch, but why would someone gravitate towards your channel? Well, because they're gravitating towards you as a person, you as a personality. And then of course, you're going to be sharing kind of your good tips and tricks, but you're doing it in your way. I've seen you include a lot of kind of bloopers and outtakes and things which don't don't go perfectly right. And I love that. I think that is just us as people. We don't get everything right on the first take. There seems to be this trend of overly producing, being too perfect. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a really interesting time because, you know, we're we're coming off the tail end of of TVs and movies that are just highly produced and and all these, uh, you know, quote unquote, Super Bowl commercials. Right. But I'm finding these days, you know, uh, our collective society's BS meters is, is really good and pretty accurate. And so that's why I think people are, are, are turning to, you know, towards platforms like YouTube or Instagram or Twitter or, you know, whatever, just because they want to see something different and something unique. And if they see something that's not polished at all, they see bloopers, they see, you know, goofy people dancing, whatever, like that's, that's relatable. That's like, wow, this is, this is interesting. I'm not being fed this script, but I'm actually seeing a person do his or her thing and I'm enjoying it. Whether, you know, you're looking for a tutorial or you just want to be entertained. You know, I think, I think people are just drawn to people, which is why I think, you know, YouTube is such a massive platform for that kind of stuff. You know, it's okay if you don't resonate with everyone. There are enough people out there. Oh yeah, I agree. And you know, I get, I get both comments like all the time. It's like, oh man, it's just so fun. I'm, I'm so entertained while, while I'm being informed or, you know, I get the comments like, dude, just get to the point. Just stop with this. Why are you dancing? That's so embarrassing. <laughs> and you know, it's all fun for me because I get to like see where people are coming from. You know, I'm still going to do what I'm going to do because I'm having fun doing it. It's my channel for crying out loud. But uh, it's uh, a <laughs> <laughs> exactly. thing to, to see both. But, and you know what? You're right. Like you can't relate to everybody. You, you can't, you know, always get thumbs up for, you know, 100 thumbs ups for, for every video. Like you're going to get thumbs downs and, you know, that's going to be uh, okay. But I think, you know, for me, you know, having this YouTube channel, it's, Uh, really for me, for me to like express and create a place for me just to be me and also, you know, do the things that I love doing. And it's just, uh, you know, every film, every filmmaker's dreams is to, is to have their content be shown to the world through distribution, you know, and and the fact that, you know, we get to do that for free, you know, is pretty amazing. And so, you know, that, that's why I do it. And that's why I'll always do it. And regardless of how goofy I look on camera, (laughs) (laughs) you do you it's, I think has never been more relevant than to a YouTube platform. You know, we all get comments. We get good comments and we get negative comments. And it's funny how some negative comment from some random person, but we'll let that bother us. How do you deal with kind of balancing that? that? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's hard. You know, I, I, you know yes. even, even now, like, you know, sometimes I'd get the odd co- uh, comment every now and then and, you know, just it would kind of sting a little bit, you know, sometimes right. even cut, especially if they say something personal, whatever. And, you know, that's just, it just comes with a package. I mean, if you want to get into a space, a public space like YouTube, you know, that just comes with the territory. Um, and so I think with those, uh, you have to understand that it's, it's not directed towards you because like no one in real life would go up to you and say, Hey man, you suck. You know, like that just doesn't work out that way. You know, I, I, I like to akin it to like road rage, like people can you know, vent out and curse like within the confines of a car when they're frustrated, you know, same thing with YouTube or, you know, a platform that's behind a screen. Like you can say all this bad stuff in the safety of, uh, of your phone or your computer. But, you know, generally speaking, like you don't, people just don't do that in front of other people. And so for me, what I learned is that, you know, that's always coming from a place of hurt. People are either frustrated, maybe people are 
you're just venting out or, you know, and you're just a punch bag or maybe even some people might be jealous and, you know, that's okay. You know, uh, people are going to be people and, you know, just, uh, you know, I mean, people have the freedom to, you know, say whatever they want. But I think as a, as a creator, you know, just, you know, take it, you know, with strides, you know, just, they're just words, you know, um, a friend of mine, Chris, Chris, how he's a, he's another YouTuber. Um, he actually made a pretty good analogy uh, in regards to positive comments and the ratio to negative comments. It's kind of like receiving a report card, like say that you have an A minus, right? You know, it's like a 90% good score, all that stuff. That's something to celebrate. You know, you don't really, you know, you don't, ha- you don't really reflect on the 10% that you didn't get, you know, right. to hundred percent, you know what I mean? And so uh, I, I think that's a really good analogy to, to look at these negative comments, but also I think it's a good training ground, um, especially for, for um, YouTube channels that are just starting out as a way to, to thicken up your skin. And because they're going to get, I mean, the more subscribers you're going to have, the more comments you're going to see, the more negative comments you're going to, to read. And you just got to develop that thick skin. Good way to look at it. Look at the 90%, stop focusing on the 10% and letting that get you down. As you're kind of growing and developing your channel, I've seen that you, you've kind of gone through a bunch of iterations. You've done some amazing brand deals. Tell me about the Mazda brand deal because that looked incredible. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I mean, um, the, the whole thing with brand deals is that it kind of gradually just grew, um, you know, starting off with a few gear reviews here and there to, you know, notable brands contacting you to review their stuff. And then to, you know, recently last year, last November, I believe, you know, I got this email and it's, it said it was from Mazda and, it, and the subject headline said trip of a lifetime. And I'm like, oh, here we go. It's another go. fake <laughs> you know, sponsor or whatever, but you know, I'll, I'll, I'll check it out. And so I read it and, and I'm like, oh wow, this is, this is, this seems like legit. So I, you know, called up some friends and they said, yeah, that's a, that's a real agency. Uh, you should check it out. And so, uh, so yeah, so, so basically what this, this is my first big brand deal too. And so basically what it was is that they wanted uh, a handful of influencers to take a road trip, a massive road trip from Vancouver, Canada, all the way up to the Arctic Ocean and to document that, but also showing off their new cars. And I thought, what a great way to show off a car by like, you know, documenting an entire journey with six different perspectives, six different influencers and capturing the entire road trip. And so, you know, doing that, but at the same time, I'm thinking, man, the majority of the influencers on this trip are travel influencers. That's not really my focus. Mine is more about filmmaking, storytelling and camera gears and all that stuff. And so I asked, you know, um, the CEO of the agency and was like, hey, listen, I, I feel like I'm the black sheep. I have no idea why I'm on this trip. <laughs> I'm so thankful to be on this trip, but why am I here? And he said something to me that will forever change the way I think about uh, influencer marketing, social media, and just for me as an influencer. And that's this. He said, um, even though you're not a travel influencer, even though you don't have a million followers or whatever, and <laughs> the truth was like, I was probably like the least, had the least amount of following <laughs> on the trip. But he told me, the way you handle your engagement with your audience, the way you interact with them and the way you are as a person, that is who Mazda wants their brand to be represented by, you as a person. And so that got me like to my bones. At first I thought, okay, you know, you gotta have a lot of subscribers, you gotta have you right. know, a lot of videos, you gotta have a million views or whatever it is, you know, all the metrics, 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 metrics. And yes, that, that may be true to an extent, but more so, you know, brands these uh, nowadays want people, the right type of people to represent their product, their service, their company, right. And so just because someone has 2 million followers, if they're not the right person, you know, that's like 2 million people that are just like that, that, you know, you, you don't want their brand to be associated with, if that makes sense. 
And so, um, so yeah, so that, that, that really spoke to me and, you know, uh, and that was only like November. And so, uh, since then I've got the good relationship with Mazda, I've done, you know, two more deal, uh, projects with them. Uh, and it's an ongoing relationship and it, it's amazing. And, uh, it, it almost solidifies the fact that as long as I'm being me and true to who I am, yes. these brands will come. And so just to, you know, don't think about the numbers. They, they're going to grow. Don't think about the views. They're going to grow. They're going to come. Just continue being you. I mean, on my tech channel, which has got nothing to do with cars, and my knowledge of cars is uh, very minimalistic at best. But I, I've done brand deals with car, with car people. With, I work with Ford and, you know, and Chev and a whole bunch of them. And I ask the same question. Like, why, even, why are we even having this conversation? Because I'm not a car person. They said, exactly. Because you're not a car person. So they're always looking for those different perspectives. So I love that. I think that makes a lot of sense. You're bringing your voice, your personality to a brand, which is maybe used to doing things in a certain way, but now they're experimenting with branching out and talking to other markets, other, other people. So that is superb. Now, did, did you reach out to them or did they reach out to you? Did you have some relationship with them at the beginning? <laughs> I had no prior relationship with anyone from Mazda or agencies that worked with Mazda at all. This was just a cold email <laughs> that was sent Crazy. out randomly. So, so as we kind of move kind of bigger in, as your channel is growing and you're kind of finding your feet and you've, you've obviously found your voice and you've got a very niche, I mean, you're very specific with what you do. Do you ever find kind of a temptation to do something beyond just camera stuff? Uh, that's a good question, man. Uh, I was actually thinking about that the other day. Um, I mean, the majority of my stuff is all filmmaking related, um, mm -hmm. camera gear related and all that stuff. Um, but, you know, every now and then I do, I do throw out, you know, uh, like actual um, mini travel vlogs or, you know, the series that I, that I have called Film Journals where, you know, I, I document my favorite moments with my family. You know, I put that every now and then. And, uh, you know, I think as the channel grows, I kind of want to do more of that stuff. So mm -hmm. maybe coalesce, you know, the, the tutorials, the gear reviews with the actual content um, that I like shooting. Um, almost like, you know, showing, like, here's all the, all the gear that I'm reviewing, but here, let me show you how I actually use it kind right. of thing. And so, you know, whether that means continuing more film journals or maybe going back to, you know, my roots, you know, making short films or spec commercials, whatever, and documenting that process. Uh, I, you know, I think that's, that might be in the pipeline. I'm not sure. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, at the moment, I'm just kind of, just kind of feeling it, how it goes, um, you know, just kind of engaging like where the audience is at, you know, seeing what yes. they want. Cause I also want to service them as well. Um, at the same time, you know, I also want to grow not just as a, creator on YouTube, but you know, as, as a person. And I think that that's, is a good point that a lot of people think they need to be pigeonholed into one thing forever. So yes, we do understand that YouTube has a preference for you to do one thing on your channel and do that one thing well. But I think once you get to a certain point and probably kind of where you are at the moment is that point where your audience kind of knows you first. And then they know that whatever that whatever you're going to be putting out is going to be a Sydney special, a special yeah, production. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when you yeah. branch out for a little bit, if you go a little bit off the beaten track, I think we're cool with that. I think we'll 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 follow you to to where that leads. Um, I, I, can you how far away you can stray from your core? That I'm not sure. So it's great that you said that you kind of interlace them with a whole bunch of other of your gears. You're you're still going to stick to your audience, but every once in a while, it's okay to actually do a little bit. Something crazy, something different. And I think that works well. What are kind of your feels on like collaboration with other, with other people? Do you see them kind of more as competitors? Do you think that's more of a good thing to do as a creator? 
You know, I mean, if I'm being real candid, I thought so at first, um, but that was before I did any, you know, collabs. But, you know, the more collabs I did, you know, the the more friends I made and the more I see these people as like my family. And uh, and it just makes the collabs a lot, a lot more fun. And, uh, you know, like NAB last year is probably the first uh, first year I actually got to meet a lot of the people that I would follow on YouTube. Um, but you know, since then, like we have this real good bond, like we're, we're real close, like we're a good, um, you know, tight knit family. And, you know, for me, it's like, I get to hang out with you and make a video. That's, that's <laughs> a bonus. You know what I mean? And right. so, um, so yeah, so yeah, definitely, definitely don't see them as competition. I mean, a, a good friend of mine, Jason Vong, very similar channel to, to me, like he, we were on a little race uh, last year, like, oh, who would reach 50,000 first? Right. Well, he reached 100,000 uh, subscribers first, but I couldn't be any happier. Like, yeah. I was literally so proud of him because I, I know the hard work that it takes to, to make a review video that's good. It takes a lot of work, um, a lot of effort. And so for him, you know, out of our little um, circle of friends to reach that first, oh, I, I was elated. And so, you know, if anything, like, I'm just so happy that I, I get to know these people and I get to make videos with them. So yeah, it's this, it's a, uh, it, it's all, it's all friendship. And that's powerful stuff because I think a lot of new people and even funny enough, existing channels that have been growing for a while kind of look at other people tweeting or other on social media, there's some sort of jealousy to a certain level. And then they see it as me versus them or one versus mm -hmm. one, where if you change kind of that mindset a little bit and it's, Hey, how can we both, we both doing camera stuff. We both love it. We both talking to the same people. How do we work together? So we both grow. So it's a little change, a little mindset change. It's amazing kind of how many doors open when people are just so willing to share. Do you go to any of the events and besides NAB, which is kind of very technical camera gear, any kind of the YouTube events? Or, um, yeah, um, I, I went to VidCon a couple years mm -hmm. back. That was pretty cool. That was like my first foray into what the YouTube world uh, was. Um, <laughs> and oh, well. man, that, <laughs> VidCon is crazy. Like it's, it's pretty much like a, uh, an event for all the YouTube fans, like the young YouTube fans and their moms. And so they all go to this event just to see their favorite, you know, creators, you know, right. they do meetups and stuff like that. And it's huge, you know, Casey Neistat's there, uh, you know, uh, uh, Philip DeFranco's there, like all the big YouTubers are there. And it's a pretty cool event. And there are some really cool sessions that you get to learn. You get to chat with like the people from YouTube, the actual engineers um, and all that stuff. And so, uh, so I've been to VidCon. Um, let's see there. I know there, I know there's, um, video marketing world, uh, coming up this year, which I'm super right. excited about. Uh, and I think I, there's a lot more YouTube centered events just kind of starting to pop up or at least becoming more, more mainstream. Um, I, I, what was the last event I went to? It was, uh, well, I guess it was NAB, which is yes, a technical yeah. uh, show, uh, or expo, but there, there was a huge YouTube presence this year. Like I've never seen before. Wow. So okay. It makes me wonder like, you know, is this going to infiltrate more into other, you know, uh, events like this? And so, uh, so, so yeah, I mean, I, I try, I try my best to, to attend those things because, you know, you never know, you never know who you get to meet, but also it's, it's, it's probably the only place where I get to have my reunion with my YouTube buddies again. <laughs> <laughs> and so if I go to an event, you know, I try my best to, to make it to that event as well. Well, you can solidify your relationships, um, both with your people that you collab with, your friends, and then also the brands are there and there's nothing yes. better than shaking somebody's hand and saying, Hey, I love your stuff. Um, this is what I do. You know, maybe we can work together. 
is nothing better than a face-to-face versus oh, a... Oh, totally. Yeah, I, I remember going to my first NAB and I'm like, you know what? That'd be kind of cool if I made a little brand deal and I had like maybe 2,000 subscribers at the time. And so okay. my wife had this really good idea where I would buy this pack of playing cards uh, and I would just write my my email address and I would use that as a business card. Mm-hmm. And like it, it was awesome because it was so different than any other business card. Like it was so ghetto, but I gave it to <laughs> some people at Sony and Sigma. They laughed and they loved it. And like you stood out the best. And uh, since then we've had a good relationship. And so, and I get to do some um, deals with them. And so, uh, so yeah, so getting, doing those kind of things and getting brand deals is just another bonus to going to those kind of events. So you, you would encourage people to just spend some money on themselves and actually just do it. It is. I mean, it's not just for the experience, but I think if you, I mean, once you start looking uh, at YouTube as a business or Instagram or just social, you know, media as a business, like you, you tend to go with that kind of mindset. And so, you know, you know, like this year I got to, to make a couple brand deals at NAB. And so that was pretty cool because, you know, I'm treating it as a business. It's not just, you know, a fun thing, a hobby to make right. fun videos out, but no, it's a legitimate business that, you know, I'm, I'm delving myself into. Uh, and I think people should do the same. See, so it's a lot of it is mindset. It's how we look at things. If it's just this little channel and we treat it as a little channel well that's what it's going to stay but if we treat it as a brand as a business and other businesses want to do business with successful channels and successful brands in which case everything starts to line up so i love that i think that's a great comment about understanding the value that you have and what you can offer other people and other brands of course as well One of the kind of common questions that I normally get is, I'm not going to start this YouTube channel simply because I haven't got my $1,000 camera or my $1,000 lens and my tripods and my lights, which I see everybody has. What do you say to people who say that to you? Uh, tell them just to, just to stop thinking that and just start shooting. I mean, everybody in the world has a camera these days, a 4K camera for that matter. I mean, I have an iPhone, people have Pixel 3s, there's the new OnePlus. I mean, everyone literally has a camera in their pockets and most of them, 99% of them has a 4, has 4K capabilities. And so, you know, just use that, you know, and, you know, that was one mistake that, uh, that I thought, like I thought I had to get all this stuff, but I remember Devin Supertramp told me when I went to, um, what was it, South by Southwest a few years back, like to not think about gear, to start shooting. And so funny, it was that one advice that kind of encouraged me to start shooting with what I had. Um, you know, and it wasn't a very good camera at the time, but you know, the, the more, uh, the more content I get to produce and, uh, you know, the, the more money I get to make and then eventually I get to invest, uh, yes. some of that money into my business and then I can upgrade or, you know, in my field, you know, oftentimes I would get free gear, uh, to review and I get to keep it. And so, you know, you get that bonus. Um, but it just starts off with using what you have and being resourceful. Like ideally, like I, I love to shoot with an actual production camera. I'm not there yet. I just have, you know, a mirrorless camera and that's totally fine for now, but there's always going to be something, you know, there's always going to be a thousand camera that we want. But the truth of the matter is, is that if you have a camera, then you have no excuse, you know, to not shoot. Um, like Mr. Beast, for example, he started out using a, a, an iPhone five yes. or iPhone four mm-hmm. or something like that. And now, you know, homeboy has like what, 20 million followers or yes. something crazy. <laughs> but it's yes. all, it, it goes to show that it's all about the content. It's all about you as a personality on the content and, and, and the actual content itself. And so, uh, and also like, uh, another big aspect to that is like the thumbnails and the titles, like the actual marketing side of it <laughs> plays right. a huge role into making successful, you know, high quality cameras. I, that's probably, that's probably like the, the smallest percentage of what makes a good YouTube video, a good YouTube video. You don't know where you're going to land up. So buying all this gear for thinking I'm going to do in studio production only, and I'm going to have ring lights and I'm going to have these 
And it turns out you're an amazing vlogger and you like to vlog on the go, in which case it's a completely different setup altogether. Mm -hmm. So yes. you spend all this money going the one direction, but you should be investing in another. So start with what you have. If you've got your camera on your phone, start with that. Get a little tripod. Audio is the most important. Would you would you agree with that? What's, oh my what's gosh, it's way more way more important than video because people can like forgive a bad uh, cut, a ba some bad visuals. But once you hear like something off, whether it's like a static or you know a blip or a scratch record, it just it just sounds weird and it just throws yeah. people off. And so, if anything, and yeah, definitely invest in a good mic. Vloggers have allowed us to get away with a lot of shaky video, dodgy lights, um, bad angles. We're willing to put up with lots of that. But when you cannot hear what the person is saying, it's just too frustrating. And that's, yeah. that makes us switch that video off very, very quickly. So before we end off, kind of, if somebody's sitting there listening to this podcast thinking, I really want to do this, but I'm just too afraid to push that record button, what advice would you give that person? The, the, be the best way to get over that kind of fear is to just jump in. It's like if you're, if you're afraid of the water because it's cold, jump in. Eventually, you'll get warm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, you know if, you're, if you're not good in front of a camera, just hit the, that darn record button because eventually within time, um, you know, you're going to get better. I think the one thing that people like really um, struggle with is just patience. Like people uh -huh. want that perfect video right off the bat when, you know, it's going to take you 50 more videos to actually start getting good. And so, but in order to get to that 50 video mark, you have to start with video number one yeah. and then video number two, three, and then work your way up. And so, you know, it, that's, that, that's, I mean, I know it's a cliche thing to say to just press record, but it's so true. You know, you can't, you can't become a good doctor by just reading the, you know, the books. So you have to study, you have to actually put in the hours of work and mm -hmm. study and practice and go to medical school and all that stuff. Like you just have to put in the work. And so just press that darn record button. <laughs> you know, if you're having, if you're filming with a camera or with a phone, you know, you still have, you have the ability to, to, to wait, not upload and, but watch the, the whole thing. And maybe you look at yourself, see your mannerisms. Maybe you can do this or maybe change the lighting nice. or maybe figure out, Oh, this actually is a good side or, here's a good area to film or the audio sounds better in this area. And so, you know, yeah, record tests, you know, uh, experiment. And then, and then once you, once you do all that stuff, you know, then you can actually start uh, uh, uploading. So that's a great advice. Watch yourself as, as hard as it is, as, as cringy as it is for you to do that, you're just going to get better because the more that you're the most critical of yourself. And what I always find amazing is that somebody would watch 20 YouTube video clips and I would say to them, well, how was that person's lighting? I don't know. How were they standing? I don't know. How was, how was their delivery? Well, I don't know. I just enjoyed the video. So why are you being so hard on yourself to be absolutely perfect when the last 20 videos you've just watched, you didn't notice any of that stuff. You just enjoyed yeah. the content. Okay, so before we wrap up, my final question is, if you had to start your YouTube channel today with 100 bucks in your pocket, <laughs> got a phone, what would you do? Ooh, wow. Uh, I would, uh, okay, if I had just my phone, a um, hundred bucks, I'd probably spend 50 bucks on a decent lights uh, and uh, another 50 bucks on, uh, on a decent mic. And that way I have a nice little trio of a camera, a light and, and, and some uh, audio gear. Uh, and uh, I would start with that. You know, uh, maybe I'll, 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 I'll shoot three different uh, videos with three different categories or in three different categories and see which one I like the best and uh, uh, kind of see what happens from there. So I guess, I guess that's, that's what I would do if I had a hundred bucks. Well, I like that answer. It, it, you see, it, it didn't say, and I'm going to see which is the one the audience likes the best. He said, 
certainly said it's the one that I like the best. In other words, the yeah. one that I'm more passionate about, the one I'm going to enjoy doing day in and day out. That's critical little thing to understand that your YouTube channel is you. As we've spoken a couple of times in, the, in this little episode, it's about you. It's about your content. Obviously, you're delivering value to an audience, but you need to be super excited about this every single day to do this and without driving yourself crazy. Uh, would, would you agree that you need to be passionate? Oh, totally. Oh, yeah. I mean, come on. You'll be making, say that you, you know, pick a topic that you don't really like and you have to upload a one video a week. That's like, you know, 50 to, to 100 videos that you have to film. And if you don't like it, that's just going to drag and you're going to hate yourself. And it's like, if you're going to do this, you may as well talk about or make a, make videos about something that you love or are passionate about and you just can't just get over, you know? Yeah, instead of 100, you'll make 200 because you love it so much. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. Always amazing speaking with you. Um, always great value. Every time we hang out, I think it's just like, wow. And I'm loving your channel. And if people want to get a hold of you, they want to follow you, what's the best place to do that? Uh, just search me on, I don't know, on any platform, Sydney D. Youngson. I'm pretty sure I'm the only Sydney D. Youngson on the planet. <laughs> At least I, <laughs> I think. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, just uh, type in my name, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter. I'm, I'm, I'm there somewhere. <laughs> he's, he, he's everywhere. And of course, all the show notes will have all the links to Sydney's channels. And so in case you missed anything, it will be down in, down in the show notes. Sydney, thank you very much for making the time to chat with us today and kind of sharing your creator's journey that's really really appreciated people really love to see how regular folks are able to simply <laughs> just make it which is really really awesome oh thanks for having me man absolutely enjoyed it and before you guys head out don't forget to hit that subscribe button on your favorite podcast application that you're listening to this at the moment leave us a review as well that will be really awesome and if you've got a friend or a creator who's really kind of struggling to understand their niche on youtube share this podcast episode with them pay it forward at the end of the day, we're just one big creator family. Appreciate you guys being here, and we'll catch you on the next episode. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Tube Talk, brought to you by vidIQ. Head over to vidIQ.com slash Tube Talk for today's show notes and previous episodes. Enjoy the rest of your video making day.